The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. This Monday on
you budgeted 12 minutes and really that should have been 19.275, right? Correct. Um, this is President Calvin Whistler. Should that be reflected in there? Because it was it was what was it was originally budgeted at twelve. If not, should that be reflected in there? Well, yeah, so what it says is under A on page 13 here, it said uh, between the previous of 19.2 and the property tax revenue of the city, that the city is budgeting, which I guess occurred at that point, it said 12 on the budget. I'd have to go back to previous years to see if they called that out or if it was just. I don't think so. I think, honestly, I had to look at the bylaws, but I think just almost have to do that. My assumption is it's word for word for the bylaws. And it was, I'd say it's referring to a point of fact. There's like the city gets budget of 12, yes, so it's not, but there's I don't see like a room for, for misunderstanding there, for lack of a better word. So I can make that for the future. Are there any other comments or concerns before we call for a motion and that would um you know that yes. George Bowman is gonna make it all right um so we are making a motion and the uh, um financial statements correct yep yes. and on the recommendation is a motion but you can add it to your language so so are we approving it or are we receiving it the independent audit approving okay so I move that we approve the 2021 independent audit and that um, we received IRS form 990, reviewed it, and that we rec um, that we um, see that it's signed by the CFO and it's filed with the IRS. Support. Let's move. And there any comments or concerns? So, just the board ultimately has to approve it before it gets submitted. You just approved it right now, and then you're asking the CFO, which I think is him, okay. to sign it and file it. Right. Or is it the CFO or the board? I don't remember if it goes to the board for full, you know, full board approval. We have, so, yeah. yeah. And then oh. typically we'll get that will Yeah, signed. Okay. Okay. We can maybe tighten up that procedure, not maybe we'll tighten it up with audit committee. If that is approved as the, as the next item on our agenda. But the, the, yeah, yeah, the, the, the finance committee receives it, reviews it at this point, and then advances it for approval at the board. You approving it as finance committee, I don't think it's a, a problem at all. And recommending. And recommending that it goes to the board, yeah, because it's in the finance committee report either way. So, yeah, we would now need to pull down all those in favor. Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Seeing that there are none, then that motion stands. Uh, the next item on the agenda, E2, is the formation of an audit committee. And is that good for you? Yes, thank you, Madam President. So, the 
FFE bylaws are written to create the possibility that the finance committee can create its own or a, a audit subcommittee for the board. So that audit subcommittee, the details of which are laid out in the memo, um, are that it would it would take over essentially the process of oversight, uh, meeting with the auditor in conjunction with staff to ask questions and deviations and findings. And then that subcommittee would bring it to the finance committee, which would bring it to the board for final approval. Um, that was, like I said, created in the bylaws as a possibility. It was discussed this fall as something that we should look into doing because it, it reduces reliance on staff alone. And it brings more eyeballs in the room. So for fraud prevention, transparency, the whole gamut of financial accountability. Um, as we're shifting with the endowment, especially this is this moment of development where we're trying to make sure we've got all of our pieces put together. So it's it's a recommendation from staff that we that the finance committee would create the audit subcommittee. And what that would entail is um, hopefully an idea of, of an odd number of members. So you, you never have a deadlock when you get three or five members on the committee process twice. They would meet in December briefly and then probably once or twice in the first quarter of the year uh, as that audit, audit process happens. In terms of reading, it's probably two to four hours of reading, might be a little bit more depending. Uh, and then I'd like to say two to three meetings that would be very brief meetings. We try to make them uh, very pain-free in people's schedules. So the, the background of that and the bylaw powers are all quoted in the memo. An alternative that's in here is that uh, the finance committee could just decide to take on that work itself and just do that as this committee, not create that subcommittee. Um, I think that it's worth discussing the merits of both options. Uh, I think if the finance committee did it, it would be maybe it'd be fewer meetings. Um, but other than that, I think as as the endowment matures and as works are developed, the foundation, the finance committee will want to have a broader focus as opposed to getting into the details of the and things. So, um, but again, it's it's a, a decision of the finance committee. And were you to create the audit subcommittee, uh, you could do that today, you could do that at a, a future meeting. Um, but once you do that, the president then appoints directors to that, which we would do, uh, we could see doing at a board meeting where everyone's present and you know, you have um, just the ability to, to adopt as a broader pool. Uh, in terms of expertise, you know, I think any obviously anybody with finance experience, uh, management assessment, uh, any kind of comparable, comparable experience. You don't really have to have deep financial knowledge. It's more about uh, being able to kind of investigate the process and make sure that there's you know, all the checks are being checked and everything's um, above board. So there would always be the CFO as our, in this case, our CPA in the process as well. So. So with that, um, we, I think for further discussion, we want a motion and then there's board discussion and then there'd be, excuse me, a motion and a second discussion and then the vote um, would be the, the typical path forward. I have a quick question. With regards to the audit subcommittee, you mentioned that it could be three or five members. Are there 
members of say an already existing say the finance or executive committee that need to also be part of this or just in consideration whether we need to add three more because two have to exist or something like that so in this case unlike the other committees that are very prescriptive mm -hmm. this this says this doesn't lay that out okay. um, what it does do then is under the general rules uh, section 601 if a committee is created by the board of directors the board resolution creates shall state the purpose of the committee in terms of qualifications of the committee members and the ways in which committee members are selected or so that's in the general <coughs> resolution okay. um, and then another bylaw is that unless otherwise stated by the board committees can create their own rules and descriptions so this is a little in the bylaw weeds here i apologize for all the detail but uh, so it can be created and populated with volunteers and nominees and then um, we would rely at least at first on the audit subcommittee description which is board approved here uh, on page 61 but again if there were changes needed things like that um, the the subcommittee could recommend them in that case and then go back to the board. So, yeah, and for that, I just direct everybody to page 61 of the packet, which has the audit subcommittee description. So, the, the rules there, there's nine of them listed in the purpose. So, I'll just in brief, they are to oversee the audit and make the financial statements, to participate in the city's purchasing division process. Retain, compensate, and oversee the work of the external auditor. Adopt internal accounting controls and practices recommended by city administration, relying on the city. Monitor and ensure application of conflict of interest policy, record retention policy, whistleblower policy, other applicable policies. Assess the relevancy of answers to any form of questions. Review and analyze other pertinent data. And I would, in, in terms of adopting and creating, I, this is that those portions are have been years in the making and are done. So in terms of alignments and all that stuff is done. Not to say they can't be revisited and adjusted over time, but um, it's we're at such a point now that that the audit subcommittee has essentially all its tools at its disposal and it's more working through that plan this year. Yeah, I did. Um, on page 61. Um, it states that the membership, the committee shall consist of members of the board of directors. And um, Mr. Brown said that it could be volunteers, it could be anybody. So I don't know if that's in conflict with. Well, volunteers from the board. So oh, in, oh, in, the absence, in the absence of volunteers. Volunteers, I mean, family volunteers, we have some, some nominees. Uh, but thank you for the application. Yeah. And then some of the work on the financial stuff seems like that's the work of the finance committee, you know, review the other financial statements. And so, um, are you separating out what's really going to be done the finance committee and what's going to be the audit committee? Unless we decide, of course, to make it one and the same, then you know, it should be all in there. But yeah, if you created an audit subcommittee, that would take a pieces off of the finance committee's plate. I think yeah. at that point, yeah. you know, this audit subcommittee recommends the audit at the 990, and that would just be the finance subcommittee. Like, it'd be prima facie, like, barring any concerns, they would just take that to the board okay. to fulfill those duties. And then, but, you know, beyond, beyond just the income expense, 990, things like that, um, the endowment 
and then expenses of in real time of the board itself, of the organization with the finance committee. So any kind of you know, payroll, administrative overhead, and like that, that would and in, in real time that would still be finance committee. Then it seems like the audit committee would RFP when it's time for a new audit too. Yeah, the the policy that guides that recommends every five years okay. to go out for at least five years because we're one one and a half years away from it now. We go out for a new RFP. It's not required, but it's recommended as part of the um, transparency and accountability language of one of the policies. This is perfect so, so would that be under like the membership time to term? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, okay, I think I just answered my question. Sorry. What I meant to ask is since you're saying that you're doing that every five years, should this be reviewed? But it doesn't make sense because people's terms all vary. So, well, yeah, so I answered my question. <laughs> yeah, and the so the, the membership on all committees changes annually at the annual meeting in April. So that's when we do, that's when our new, our new members join and are approved. That's when officers are reappointed or appointed clearly. So president, vice president, treasurer, secretary. And at that point, the committees all get their nominations and points as well. And that includes this finance committee, the executive committee, and that audit subcommittee. So that, you know, it's, it's, we can say at any point it's a one year you know, if somebody wanted to try it out and think it's a good fit, or if we just want to make sure that we've always got fresh eyes in there, that's that's up to the board. So uh, thank you for clarifying that. I just think that you know when we are volunteering people, <laughs> we want to be clear about what those um, obligations might be. And since it's a deal, I think just talking it out um, a little bit about that. And because not everybody here, mm -hmm. we will be discussing this then at the full board meeting. Yes. Okay. I want I'd just like to give everybody an opportunity for that. So they're not there. Absolutely. Yeah, these questions and answers you'll be here as committee members more than once, certainly when we get this to the board. It's typical support in September. Um, and some of these things will just it pull this disclosure have to be ironed out once the committee's created. There's always a detail or two that or two gears have to be made to mesh nicely or something like that. So Perfect. So uh, this is uh, President Calvin wants to go again. So the next step would be to make a motion to approve the formation of the audit subcommittee. I move that we form an audit subcommittee with an add number of members, three or five. Thank you, Director Falcon. There a second. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Director Calvin. Uh, do you have any comments or questions? Um, I have uh, further comments. I, um, you know, I, I think either way would be fine, quite honestly. Um, but what I like about the idea of creating a subcommittee is because the finance committee is quite small, that it might give an opportunity for other board members to uh, get involved and, um, uh, on a project, more of a project type basis. Um, so um, that makes sense to me. And then I think if we if we don't get um, an interest from the board, certainly, you know, one option would be for it to be a finance committee. Thank you, Director. I, I feel like the same way. <laughs> Just because, um, but obviously there are some people that this is a little bit more exciting to than others. So <laughs> we'll wait to find out. <laughs>
And if there are no other further comments, um, we can take a vote. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Seeing that there are none, then that motion passes. But the next item on our agenda is going to be a discussion of the 2022 first and second quarter endowment reports. For that, I will defer to Steve Brown. Thank you, Madam President. And these are in your packet, as I noted um, in the email, the, the first Q1 report is really, really, really reduced in size. These are, again, each of these is about eight pages. And since there's two consecutive quarters, the, the, the material is of Q1 is contained in Q2 because it has those multiple quarter reports. So FYI, in the future, if you'd like to see them entirely in print, you can have them in your online packets, but again, they're very, very bulky. So what you have there is the, the tidy up Q1 and then Q2. Uh, and with that, I'll hand it over to CFO to send to the report out. Okay. Um, so as you have already mentioned, you know, because of the rolling nature of the investment, you know, Q1, um, much less importantly, you know, quarter one, we did receive um, our contribution for the year. Um, and so that kind of had a big weight in how funds looked at the end of the first quarter. Um, you know, first quarter was, you know, relatively, um, you know, strong. Um, you know, we had return for the portfolio net of atrophies of 14.71%. Um, nothing else that, you know, really highly worth bringing forward in MCM. That was since inception. So my apologies. That was. As of that quarter, it was negative 4.44%. Um, the sense inception at that point was 14.71. Um, you know, as we all know, the stock market has continued to be bearish this year. Um, Q2, you know, negative 13.34%. Um, still realizing that we have a sense inception return of 5.71%. Um, you know, the portfolio is within its target balances, within a, its allowable. Um, Variances um, between different equity and fixed and real estate classes. Um, so really, you know, like I said kind of a negative quarter. Nothing particular of note to bring up. You know, we know that the next year is going to likely be pretty volatile and going to have its ups and downs um, as we go through that. So, um, you know, the only other page I kind of bring attention to is page 85 of 89 that has the expenses on it. Um, you can see those expenses um, with that fund that came out of the fund and also just from the fund managers. Um, and those will, you know, the fund manager fees will adjust with the size of the portfolio. Um, so even though we had a bad second quarter, we had more funds on average in the second quarter because of that donation partway through the first quarter. Um, yeah, I guess I'll just kind of open up to questions at this point if anybody has any. Should we send someone from the board to sit in and the investment committee? Yes, um, Treasurer okay. Carol sits in and also Steve Brown sits in as well. And these are, you know, disquieting numbers for anybody who's been through watched the news in the last 18 months. Not, not so disquieting because everybody's so, but broadly speaking, these track with the rest of the investments in the rig. They, they believe that they're running a percentage point all of the funds because each one's invested very, very slightly differently. Um, but so the, the negative return was just across the board. And it's, it's part of the down investing 
there's just no, you know, no way around it really. See that across the large months And these reports will get more interesting over time because we have more inflows and outflows um, from donations, from expenditures, um, and being able to track with that. As we have, as the fund grows, we'll, have, we'll start to diversify the fund into other asset types. Um, just about, you know, one of these asset types have a minimal requirement, so there's only so far you can spread the dollars that we have today. So are there any other comments or questions? Um, the next step would be to ask for a motion uh, to accept the endowment report for the 2022 first and second quarter. Rich Nelson. So on page 89 of your packet is the very first presentation of the first draft of the city FFP budget. So as we are all familiar, this is the first in a multi-step process each fall for FFP budgeting with the city of Kalamazoo. So this follows the bylaws uh, set up for this process. And just in brief to recap, if you all will see this today, you're not asked to approve anything. It's just that you would that you would approve this to be presented at the board meeting for that review. At that board meeting in September, there's no action requested at all. We would then take it to the city commission after that. Again, we're not asking for approval or action from the city commission. We're just asking for potential input questions, you know, any improvements that need to be made or more clarifications. Following that, your October board meeting you'll see the finalized budget for approval. And that is then get the approval is to include it in the city's budget in January when the city commission approves it. So as always, there, you know, this has draft on it and some asterisks because some of these numbers can change. We would expect that they would change. Um, part of that is just that this this happens before any piece of the city's budget itself or fall into place. So um, you know, overhead expenses, things like that can, can go up and down, but we've, in this fifth year now, we've never really seen them at a major, major sway. Um, you might see a project being put in here or traded out for a different funding source, depending on you know, potential compliance needs or just what works best in the schedule of the program. So that's the overview. In terms of specifics, uh, as we said in prep earlier this summer, there's two major things happening this year that are special. One is that the grant dollars that the city has been receiving for the last five years to make the FFP project possible, to get it up and running, to fund the projects that we've seen today. There's a, an unallocated balance remaining at the end of that grant period, and that's $4.251 million approximately. That number again could change very slightly as it's recalculated at the end of the year. Uh, so those dollars we need to get spent. We want to get those out the door before we start using endowment dollars next year. The other major piece 
is that the city has received their new rescue plan back. So ARPA would call it um, dollars for a broad array of possible activities. And so there are situations where the FFP has historically funded a program, but we're in the budget process recommending to the city that ARPA covers that for a few years. So as we again discussed in prep, the, the, the reason driving that is A, the money's there and needs to be used. We need to use it judiciously for the things that the, the budget process scored most highly, uh, the, the, the highest needs for the city. And then the other is the longer, the more we leave the endowment invested, the longer we can invest the more endowment we have. And that endowment exists only in all the city. So by using these other two sources that are ready at hand, we're you know making improved financial decisions with regard to the endowment by not taking out major resources right from the beginning. So what we would see is some sum requested as being pulled from the endowment next year, maybe for the very first time. And again, that's listed here in the budget, uh, but I'll just finish with the point is that 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 is good because it's the smallest number we can make it. But it's also good to have some kind of withdrawal because it lets us, for lack of a better word, we put some water in the plumbing, you know. And so we, we our processes are very well tested at this point. But with something of this importance and magnitude, so it's, you know, we want to take that opportunity now to just make sure that all the systems work, and um, that allows us then also to really execute the MLU with the city for the first time. So remember, I understand we have such a grant agreement with the city and FFP that has financial resources behind it, right? Otherwise, it's essentially just a piece of paper. So, so those aspects all come together in this year's budget. Um, my last point is you'll see this bottom line, $4.768 million. That's A, that's certain to change. So that number will be different the next time you see it, just based on you know operations costs and things. The other is that that is quite a bit lower, several million dollars lower than we've seen in the past years for aspirational. And so though that difference basically is what we're thinking and recommending would be offset by our dollars. Now, you know. Let me be absolutely free and clear. Those decisions are only made by the commission and they're only made in the annual budget by the commission to, to, to budget those dollars. Uh, but when we look at it holistically, that's that's the, the approach we're taking. And uh, anyway, for, for to avoid confusion, if hopefully that's what we're doing, is we've just left those off of here. So everything you see here would be would be FFP dollars. One of two columns, the Proposed 23 fiscal year balance that would be those that 4.251 million dollars I mentioned earlier, and then the proposed 23 endowment that's that second class column that would be actual dollars pulled out of the investments um, for those purposes as needed. I'll pause there, that was a lot of information. Hopefully, not too much for any additional questions. Thank you. What is Kalamazoo Roots? Kalamazoo Roots is the program made for a project in the core neighborhoods, especially that offers uh, all the materials you need for a home garden. And that's a partnership with KBCC that's been really beloved and successful. So you have people who are, they get a garden bed, they get the soil, they get the seeds and some starts, and then they're hooked up with like a network of other gardeners and families. And so it's, uh, and you'll see some testimonials this year in the newsletter because people get really passionate about this. Like they've never gardened before. So it's part of the, uh, broadly speaking, 
the physical measure counts and sustainability goals. And um, there's even a piece in there about self-reliance um, and things like that. So that is, I think, in its third year. You can see some relatively small sum of money. Um, but there were, Carrie, I don't need to call it, it was 200 something, 200 participants. So. My other question was on the technical assistance grants, those CP um, and D. Are those administered through the city or are they administered through the United Way or how do those how does that money get out in Yeah, and so CPED, I apologize for the acronyms, community planning and economic development. That's our one of our major um, city's major divisions or departments rather. So PDF business development fund, that's the rubric under which all of the small business uh, supports function. There's, I think, at this point, about 11 programs. And the technical assistance is run by the city directly. So that's Melanie Mitchell. And they are, they do a, a broad array of activities that help company, uh, small businesses, even you know, at home businesses, with the whole technical assistance array of things, which can be anything from how do I get insurance to what kind of laptops do I need to certification compliance? So it's really that just all of the different technical aspects of starting a business that they're there to advise on and also help primarily help fund, um, but uh, but to some extent also advise on. And again, you'll see some testimonials about that as well from from the resource groups that are put together for that. Uh, Steve, this is. Uh... Again, I wasn't there also some money involved with some uh, not just services but also like startup on some of the equipment that they would need as well. Mm -hmm. I think that there was something that they're eligible for five thousand dollars micro grant after they finish the training. Perfect. Yeah. I'll repeat that louder just for sorry. Just, they're, <laughs> they're eligible for five thousand uh, dollars micro grants for equipment. And again, that's conceived of this technical assistance as opposed to like capital investment, you know, <laughs> something like a, you know, that's not a twenty thousand dollars equipment. That's about a different scale of, of investment. So these are much more getting people started and getting on that, that pathway. Is there any other? Are there any other questions regarding the budget review for twenty twenty? Uh, seeing that there are none, we would ask for a motion to accept the 2023 draft, uh, the draft budget. Well, this is what it really means. No, you, yeah, at this point, it's really look for a recommendation included in the finance report. So, we, I am looking for a recommendation to include this draft um, in the finance report. Thank you. Six 
that is 1-888-382-9556. And you'll receive notice that it's for commenting at city commission, but this is actually for the finance committee, so we appreciate your understanding on that. And callers will be given three minutes to comment live. Um, and so go ahead and call, we'll just give it a minute for anyone to be in that queue. And Carrie, are you seeing anybody in there now? Okay, well, we will give it two minutes. Thanks, everyone, for your patience. Well, for the sake of time, I apologize if anybody is in the queue trying to call the software isn't working at the moment. Uh, I would say if you have questions or comments, you can email them to me at brownscouncilcity.org. So brown, B-R-O-W-N-S for Steve at councilcity.org, and I will include those on the record and communicate them to the board as needed. So with that, we will close public comment and move on to agenda item.